Good morning, City Church. This is City Church Together for the Tuesday following Easter. Uh, we weren't with you yesterday on Monday morning because I took a day off of podcasting for Good Friday. We are going to be today in Genesis chapter 28, starting in verse 10. This is a part of Jacob's story. Genesis 28, starting in verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He reached a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. He took one of the stones from the place and put it there at his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed a stairway was set on the ground with its top reaching the sky, and God's angels were going up and down on it. The Lord was standing there beside him saying, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you your offspring I will give you and your offspring the land on which you are lying. Your offspring will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out toward the west, the east, the north, and the south. All the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Look, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that was near his head and set it up as a marker. He poured oil on top of it and named the place Bethel, though previously the city was named Luz. Then Jacob made a vow. If God will be with me and watch over me during this journey I'm making, if he provides me with food to eat and clothing to wear, and if I return safely to my father's family, then the Lord will be my God. This stone that I have set up as a marker will be God's house, and I will give you a tenth of all that you give me. That is the word of the Lord from Genesis chapter 28. Now, there is much to say Um, about this particular passage and where it falls in um, just the story in Genesis, where it falls in the story of um, God in the Bible and redemptive history. But here's what I want us to sort of chew on today and meditate and then turn into prayer. Um, Jacob lays down on this journey where he is um, escaping his brother and he is Um, in an unfamiliar place, and he grabs a rock, uh, a rock that he thinks is just an ordinary rock, and he lays his head on it. And suddenly he has, of course, this dream of Jacob's ladder with angels ascending and descending on it. And God gives him this wonderful promise um, that he's going to take him into this land, that um, despite the way that circumstances seem, that he's going to be faithful to deliver Jacob's descendants into this land. And so when Jacob wakes up, and here's the verse that I want to focus on, verse 16, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And here's what he means by that. He means when he laid his head down on that rock, he thought it was just a rock. When he laid down on that desert floor, he thought it was just a desert floor. When he laid down to go to sleep in Luz, he thought it was Luz. And when he woke up, it was Bethel. It was the house of God. Now, there is something that has happened um, in our country and in Western Christianity um, that has 
dated back a, a very long time um, to the Enlightenment or before, and that is what I call the de-enchantment of the world. In other words, there was a time where people, um, where the majority of people saw the spiritual in everything. Um, they saw God in everything. Um, they saw that God was at work everywhere. And now we sort of divide ourselves into two categories. We are either practical deists who just believe God is out there somewhere and he kind of leaves us alone to do our thing. And a rock is just a rock and a coronavirus is just a coronavirus and a grocery store is just a grocery store and a secretary is just a secretary. There are no really special things. We just sort of do, God just created it and then has kind of left it to ourselves. Um, now, most of us would not say that we are deist, but Practically speaking, that's the way we live with very little recognition of the presence of God. The other side of a practical deist is what one might call a spiritual escapist. And that's still a devaluing of the rock, a devaluing of Luz, right? It is still being a spiritual escapist says, you know what? I don't really have time. Um, uh, why should I waste time with family dinners when I could be praying? Or why would I waste time doing this secular job when I am going to pursue being a pastor? And so there is a, a sort of spiritual escapism that says there are spiritual things to do that I can go do, but they, that get me out of the world of the ordinary. But what surprised Jacob in this passage is that he said, surely God was in this place. I didn't know it. I laid before he had this encounter with the presence of God and the promise of God. He laid his head on a rock and it was just a rock. It was Luz, the city of Luz. When he woke up, he acknowledged there was something spiritual happening that I could not see. And he anointed the rock and he called it Bethel, the house of God. City Church, in this time, there is a temptation to get bogged down in the ordinary. There is a temptation to think that because we are spending our time in our homes instead of in a church building or in our homes instead of at um, someone else's home in a community group, um, that all of the things we are doing are luz. They are a rock. They are the desert floor. They are ordinary. But I would propose to you that God is wanting to open our eyes to see that surely he is in this place and we didn't know it. Surely there is a way that we are anointing the things that we do, that even the ordinary things suddenly are an opportunity for God's presence and his promise to flood in. Like I... I I know that most of us are eating breakfast and eating lunch, eating maybe three meals a day with our family like we never did. So does lunch become a time of communion with each other or is it just an, and with God or is lunch just an ordinary time of trying to scrape by? What are you doing with beautiful afternoons outside are you going out with your family? Are you enjoying one another? Are you taking some of the slowness of the time to connect and to see what God could be doing to repair your family? Or are you seeing it as just more time spent together, sort of ordinary thing that cannot be redeemed? There are thousands of examples, but what I want to encourage us to do is 
to have the realization that God's presence is working and his promises are being fulfilled during this time. Luz is Bethel and rocks that we think are just helpful to lay our head on can actually be points of anointing of setting apart for God and renaming our circumstance from Luz to Bethel to the house of God. God's presence is with us. Now I watched a movie this week. Um, uh, maybe many of you have seen it. It's the latest Pixar movie that was released on Disney Plus onward. Um, and I loved this movie because one of the primary themes of this movie is the de-enchantment of a world. Um, I won't go into details, but it's a way that you can watch and observe this idea at play. The de-enchantment of a world that has people missing the connection to the spiritual that they have all around them. And um, I suppose, ironically, I, actually it was probably very much planned and thought out, um, but in this movie, what the spiritual is replaced with, if you allow me that term, the magical as it goes and onward, what the magical is replaced with is technology. It is what makes it easier. It is not always looking at a screen that is the best way for us to learn. It's not always just trying to replicate what we had in person on a screen. There are ways that God is calling you to recognize his presence and hear the reaffirmation of his promises that are not going to come by the means you think they are. Recognize, open your eyes, look for the ordinary being a means of God breaking through. So let's stop for a second and be quiet. And then I would like us to pray today to have the eyes to see where God is breaking in in the ordinary so that we can know and experience and perceive his presence with us. What is that today? Where is that around you? In your house, with your family, with your roommates? Where is that? Let's be silent and then ask God to reveal it to us. Heavenly Father, will you bring to our church a kind of re-enchantment of the world where we are not practical deists putting you way out in the stratosphere somewhere while we go about our ordinary lives and we are also not spiritual escapists that just seem to leave the ordinary to try to do super spiritual things. Father, help us to have a holistic understanding of your world where you interact with us through the ordinary. After all, you gave us bread and wine as the representation to remember who you are, to remember what you've done for us in Christ. Will you open our eyes all around us to see where your presence and your promise are being reaffirmed, where you are doubling down on that with us through very ordinary means. Help us to see the rocks that we are to anoint and what we think is Luz, which actually you are renaming to Bethel, the house of God. 
May each of us not only be a tabernacle of the Holy Spirit, but the places where we dwell right now, may they be holy and set apart and places where you are present and working out your promises. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.